0: Lord, I thank you for your presence. Thank you for the ministry that you have today, for the friends, your children that have come out today. I worship you and thank you for your manifest presence in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We declare every need will be met. We declare, Lord, that people will have an encounter with God and will never be the same because it's your word going forth. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Friends, I start today's message with a little story that happened long, long ago when Big Pastor Tom was just Little Tommy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, there was, a, there was a spontaneous prayer meeting that happened between Elizabeth, Carolyn, and Little Tommy at 2367 Bryant Street in San Francisco, California. The one to the second level of a, really a four-level Victorian house And I don't know if you're familiar with the architecture of some Victorian houses, but there's a lot of nooks and crannies in Victorian houses. They're beautiful, really. They're a piece of art. But at any rate, um, something happened one day when little Tommy, Elizabeth, and Carolyn got together. Liz was the oldest, Carolyn was the next, and I was the little guy. We were all spontaneously moved on and, and led to go into this little telephone room Back in the day, in the Victorian room, there were little rooms that were like for making telephone calls. And uh, oftentimes, it was also a little place where you could talk to people, you know, that was like a little tube. They'd come to the door, and you could talk to them like this, and you could hear it. You know those old old school little ways, huh? And anyway, we were led to that room spontaneously, friends. And uh, we gathered in there, and we just began to pray and wait on God. And what what commenced that day is something that I, I I I have a hard time describing it without breaking down. So you'll forgive me for what happened. But we gathered that day spontaneously. In other words, we didn't agree that we we're going to do this. We just suddenly we were just drawn to that little room, and there was a, pi- a pillow there made by Don Casildo Gacildo was Mama Ella's, who was the owner of the house. That was her husband. There was this big big pillow that I don't know they, they called it. Uh, that it was his or he made it or something and had a little art scene on it. And let me tell you something. We knelt down in that little room and we began to cry out for God. Kids. And something happened as we knelt down on that little pillow there and waited on God. Suddenly, friends, there was a real and undeniable presence that came, a holy rush, an overwhelming presence that came upon all us kids. And we began to weep, we began to laugh, we began to shout. The commotion was so great that Mama Ella, two flights above us, called, what's going on down there, Marinita? What's happening down there? And she called and she said, it's just like the kids, they just started praying and something happened. Listen to this. So she put the phone up. And throughout the day, my mom called people she called uh, uh our pastor sister Josie you know sister Josie she called her up and said look what the kids are doing here look at what's going on these kids were just they were just we were beside ourselves we were we stayed in that room for hours just weeping and crying and dancing and shouting unto the lord calls were made to new york friends it was a visitation of god And there's something very interesting about visitations of God. When you have a visitation of God, you're changed. You are totally changed. There's something that happened to us three kids that day that to this day we're still branded with that experience. We had a personal encounter with God, it was amazing. And uh, I mean, she, she made calls to New York, mom did, and she was holding out the phone so people could hear this amazing situation. Well, friends, we'll never forget that day. We'll never forget the day when God visited us in that way at 2367 Bryant Street in San Francisco, in that little rickety Victorian house. But I have a question for you today. Does God visit people today. Does He visit you today? The message today is fairly simple. The implication is fairly profound. God does visit people today, but in order for us to better understand how to cultivate what we call the presence of God, we need to understand or study something about the omnipresence of God. Let me quote a few things. Is that alright? We're going to get a little bit academic today, but I need you to stay with me. So I need you to put your thinking caps on. Keep your heart open and your ears open. Are you ready? Yeah. The omnipresence of God is not readily understood. It's commonly overlooked and it's costing the body of Christ and it costs us, you and I. It costs us dearly when we don't understand The present, the omnipresence of God and how to behave and how to actuate and take advantage of what's happening with the omnipresence of God. Let me go into a definition. Omnipresence or ubiquity is the property that we probably have heard before of being able to be present everywhere at the same time according to eastern theism god is present everywhere divine omnipresence is thus one of the divine attributes although listen carefully in western theism it has attracted less philosophical attention than such attributes as omnipotence and omniscience or being eternal what is that complicated paragraph saying pastor tom It's saying that we talk more about the power of God, and that God knows everything, and that God is eternal. We talk about eternity a whole lot more. It gets a whole lot more attention than, than talk about God's omnipresence. As a result, we as Christians can suffer lack of understanding in this area... It will deplete your ability to operate successfully or as successfully as God wants us to operate as ambassadors here on the earth. So, in Western theism, we understand that um, omnip- uh, omnip- the omnipresence of God is, is ignored, or I shouldn't say ignored, but, but considered less. Today, that's what we're going to consider today. My title is Three Keys to understanding the presence of God in Western theism omnipresence is roughly described as the ability to be present everywhere at the same time referring to an unbounded or universal presence at the same time stay with me I feel somebody going huh stay with me it is related to the concept of ubiquity or the ability to be everywhere in in many places at one time Now, there was a scholar that I'm thankful that he did this, and he published this, and I'm so glad he did. His name is Alan Turner, a man of God, has been studying the years for many, many years. And let me read to you what he said about the omnipresence. Is the omnipresence of God important? Oh, yes, it is. Wait till you find out. The God who is eternal and therefore not limited by time is omnipresent and not limited by space. God's omnipresence does not prevent him from manifesting himself in a localized place. It's important for you to get this. Psalms 139 is very clear, for instance. It talks about where can I go from your presence, O oh God? If I go here, if I go there, to the ends of the earth, even if I he even said, even if I go below the earth. If, if what if I went underground? He says, even there, your presence will be there. If I take the wings of the morning, basically, if I go airbound and I go to the farthest horizon, in other words, God fills everything everywhere. But despite the fact that He fills everything everywhere, that does not preclude Him from manifesting Himself locally, individually, at a certain time and place for a purpose. catch this so although he is self-existent eternal and an infinite being he's present to all space equally he has on occasion entered space at specific points and become present in it for a specific purpose and this has a theological name called theophany these theophanies, as they are called, most often involved redemption. For example, the pillar of cloud. And you remember that. Bearing the glory of God that appeared before the Israelites. You know about that in Exodus 33 and such. But one of, is, is, is an example of one such a case, of course, the most dramatic incident of God entering time and space was the incarnation itself uh, in First John, where God came by Jesus Christ and he became God with us. In other words, God with us. Okay. He entered into time, listen, and entering in time and space, God in his, in his self-existence, eternal and an infinite being, did not cease to be omnipresent. He was in fact still present to every point of space, holding everything together by the word of his power. Now that just sounds like a, sounds like a lot of mumbo jumbo, scientific mumbo jumbo. So let's just bring it down where we live. How many you say, praise God, please, please do something for me. The academic description of Theophany is the visible manifestation of deity. Or, here's the simple... How about what we call God manifesting Himself now in our lives? Or how about this? The manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. Now, the thing about presence is that such a strange word. I mean, when you go to Mother's Day... And you go to be with your mother. Do you describe it this way? Hey, I'm going into the presence of mom. Oh yes, there I was in her presence and my presence was there with her presence. Who talks that way? It is absolutely archaic. And yet we sing songs like that all the time. Don't we? Oh Lord, we seek your presence. In your presence. And yet in your everyday life, do you deal with presence? Say no. I mean, really. When you talk to a friend and whatever, are we talking present? We never say that word, except in church. Is that right? So let's get some understanding. Are you ready to have a little fun in church? I promise it gets a little better from here on out. I mean, what is the presence? So when you talk about presence, it's the obvious. It's the factor condition of being present. Like, okay. I mean, really being there. Everybody say being being there. Being in vicinity. We are in the vicinity of one another right now. What does that mean? I'm close enough to you so that we can interact. I'm close enough to you to where I can see you. Hey, Rodney, good to see you. I'm close enough to see you. You're close enough to see me. You can hear me. I can hear you. We're in proximity of each other. All right. That's fairly simple. And uh, you know when you're actually present with someone. But let, let's go into something right here where where it really we really begin to deep deeply press into what this means. Our generation is in great danger of losing the personal touch. What has occurred is that. We have become accustomed to living in virtual realities. It's a demonic, insidious plan of the enemy to get people to live virtually rather than for real. Oh, we're going to get into this really good in a second. So it, we're surrounded with a generation of spectators versus a generation of people that actually know how to go face-to-face. And to do something for real. Yes, yes. We'd rather text people than hear their voice. Oh, yeah. That's the, truth. Yeah. the Sims is a strategic life simulation computer game developed by Maxis and published by Electronic Arts. It was created by game designer Will Wright, also known for developing SimCity. It is a simulation Of the daily activities of one or more virtual persons, The Sims, in a suburban household near Sim City. The Sims was first released released on February 4, uh, uh, 2000. By March 22, 2002, The Sims had sold more than 6.3 million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling PC game of all time. The game has shipped 16 million copies worldwide as of February 7, 2005. Since its initial release, seven expansion packs and a sequel, The Sims 2, and the newest sequel, Sims 3, each with their own expansion pack, have been released. The Sims has won numerous awards, including the GameSpot's Game of the Year award. What What is The Sims? How many you know what The Sims is? It's fake reality. You take on a pseudo fake virtual identity. You build yourself the way you think you want to see yourself. You name yourself. You get yourself a virtual house. If you want to go on a date, you go on a virtual date and pick yourself a virtual girlfriend. If you want to get married, you virtual get married. If you want a dog, you get a virtual dog. You got to get up. Oh, I got to get up and get a virtual. I got to feed the dog virtually. Hello. It's a game. I said, it's a game. We're losing track because of television. Listen, because of the television age of seeing, hearing, feeling, and now the newest edition that's about to be released is sensory. The patent has already been, it's been developed by numerous developers, but the patent is held by one man. And there are various manufacturers today as we sit in this room that are, going, that are manufacturing consoles so that when you watch TV with your little 3D, feeling everything rumble in 5.1 surround, you could smell what's happening now. You smell the flowers or the bloods and guts and gore. You smell it when you're in the dungeon. Ooh. <laughs> What is all this? We're trying to push the envelope to see how far can you go to make you think that you're there. That you're being there. And we take pride in all the simulations like, dude, it even moves kind of nice. So, I mean, people, I, this is, this is kind of freaky to tell you the truth about it. But the danger is this. The fact that. We're our soul is become this nation's soul or this world's soul is becoming acclimated to fake things that are not reality. And the only thing that counts with God. If you're going to get the manifest presence of God in your life is authentic Real face-to-face. There is no substitute for communing with Him. And I'll say it again. There is no substitute to communing with Him. There's no computer program. There's no simulation for this. It's straight up raw. This is who we are. We go before Him for real. We're used to seeing other people praise Him. We, we, I, I mean, we're, we're watching other people sing and do whatever uh, ministry they do. We're get, getting used to watching TV. Uh, church, we think that you were there. You weren't there. Catch this. You were not... But we watched the TV. Well, sort of, yes, but you weren't there. I'm getting someplace today. I hope you're with me today. There are three things that I believe God will help us and we're going to start first with our relationships with people because we've got to get it back. We've got to get the personal touch back because He's a personal God. Amen. So like Jesus would often say, He says, you've got to be faithful with this before you can be faithful with that. How can you be faithful with God if you can't be faithful with unrighteous mammon? before I can give you more, you have to do this. Everybody with me on there? So let's talk about our relationships individually right here, your relationships with people there's a couple of things that I 've found out in my, like Keith Hershey says in my little life about being present for people. First of all, the first principle comes from Amos 3: three in the amplified Bible. it's very, very simple don't be insulted it's very simple but very profound. Do two walk together except they make an appointment and have agreed? Do do you walk together with someone unless you make an appointment? Number one is make appointments. You can mistake someone being around you all the time for having really been connected with them face to face. We've got to come against this busy thing and this virtual thing and the only cure for it is for us to start living face to face with the people in our life look people in the eye it'll help train you to look God in his face good example like kids kids seem to always be with us when they're young you can't hardly get away kids seem like they're omnipresent you try to get rid of them you can't get rid of kids. They're always with you. Oh, my Lord. You try to leave the room. I've seen Makana trying to sneak out of the living room while Jason, maybe he won't notice. Oh, he'll notice. Ah! Man, I just want to go powder my face or something. Like, ah! Can't get away from this kid. And you try to run interference. Come on, Jason. Come with Guapo. But Guapo's not good enough. I run my mommy. Ah! You know, when you have a kid, your whole life changes. (laughs) All of a sudden, they're always with you, right? It seems like they're omnipresent. Like, oh, bring the kids along to shopping. Okay, stop it. Don't touch that. Jason, stop touching that. No, you can't have that. (laughs) It's like balache. Everything changes from the way the cars, the way you sit, the way you eat. Everything's different. Like, oh my gosh. Can you ever get away from these kids? But there's a difference. Listen there is a difference between somebody always being with you, seemingly like omnipresent, or you making an appointment to really be face-to-face with them. Yeah. Yeah. There, how about this? How about instead of, quit touching that, Jason, don't, don't touch that, Johnny, don't touch that. How about instead of that and saying, I'm taking you to Toys R Us. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you've entered their world. All of a sudden, there's a connection and there's an appointment that's specific and dedicated to connect with them. It It makes a difference. We're missing this. Generations are. We've got generations of dysfunctional families. There's a bunch of people in the same house, but we're missing each other. Just because I've been married for 30 going on 32 years doesn't mean that, oh, you wake up and oh, there they are, you know, there she is, you know, oh, there he is, you're like, whatever, whatever, you know, like, oh yeah, there we are, there we are again. Just because that's not a marriage, that's not face to face, we're just with each other. It. You are the one that has to elevate it by making an appointment. Hey, let's have breakfast together, what do you say? Yeah. And we've got to get Face to face. We've got to start looking into one another's eyes. Oh, this is a generation. People don't like to look at each other in the eye. I mean, the moment you, you get into a place, that you see people go down. We got to get it back, friends. I believe that when Jesus walked this earth, he looked people in the eye and with love. And he, when we say look at them, he studied them. He looked into them. And he reached into them to love them, connect with them where they were, to help bring them up to where they needed to be. Hello. Everybody say, make an appointment. Make appointments. It'll change your marriage. It'll change. Listen, you, you, you talk about how rebellious your daughter or your son is. I guarantee you, mom and dad, if you made a date with that kid... And say, honey, I want to take you out. Daddy or mommy want to take you out. Let's go out with the girls for lunch. I want to spend time with you. Let's go shopping. I guarantee you that will open up an avenue of connection. Rather than just always going to that bedroom and barking, clean up your room and where, where were you? And da-da-da-da. Just a thought. The next thing that I need to bring out, this is the second key. We're still talking about people, right? Be all there. We are spirit, soul, and body. You know as well as I know that you can carry on a conversation and nobody's home. Yeah, honey, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're shocked when this albatross shows up like, What have you done? What the heck? He says, I told you all about it yesterday. <laughs> Do you know that it is a perversion for you to not act with all your heart? Let me just skip a little bit. He said, you will find me when you seek... For me, with all your heart. I can't... There's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about all your heart. There's all, so many scriptures that even talk about all your strength, all your, all your soul, and all your body. How about uh, Romans chapter 12, where he says, Make a decisive dedication of yourself, all of your faculties, it says in the, in the Amplified Bible. All of your faculties, your mind, your gifts, everything... Your soul completely turned over to Him. Well, why would He say that? Because friends, there's a code. There, there's an encryption. You might understand this. There's an encryption about the things of God. He doesn't manifest Himself just to a casual, partial person. He will. Ma- if you want the manifestation... Oh, you want... Believe me, you want the manifestation of God. You've got to make sure that you're including your heart. That you're including your body and your soul. If you, I mean, believe me, I'm going to tell you something. When you get in trouble and you start praying early in the morning because you can't hardly sleep and you know you're in big trouble. I don't know why that, is, that helps us straighten us up real quick. Spirit told and body, oh God, God, help me out of this. God, 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 But why do we have to wait for a crisis for that to happen? I'm going to give you a little hint. We're skipping ahead, but it's all right give you a little hint the, you know that God was omnipresent in the Old Testament that means he was everywhere filling everything everybody knows that right it's, and yet there was this thing called the ark that the Jews would carry around and in it it would contain what we call the presence of God it had a, certain things in it you know the bud that the Aaron's rod that budded and the commandments and what have you but let me tell you something The model here is that that was the manifest presence of God. And whenever they would go into battle and they had the manifest presence of God, they always lost. Oh, come on somebody. No, they always won. They were the terror of the territory. No matter what they did, as long as they've got the manifest presence, everything was just... All right. They always won in everything. Can you imagine having a zero failure rate with a presence of God? That's right. And so, of course, there was a time where they let the manifest presence of God go away. The Philistines took it. But then David brought it back. Hallelujah. So maybe I went a little, a little too Old Testament on you guys. But the point is, my question to you to keep your interest here is, is it important for you to have the presence of God Manifest. Let's let's clarify. The manifest presence of God on your life? Is that important? Will it make a difference on the job? Will it make a difference if you're fighting cancer? Will it make a difference if people are coming against you in a legal case? Will it make a difference in your career? Will it help your marriage? His manifest you bet it will. You bet he will. Hallelujah. So we're talking about be all there we had a Friday nights when my kid when my oldest kid was a teenager and the other one was eight years younger and uh, they challenged me because in these family nights I learned a lesson from them because they challenged me they said dad come on man we're playing games be all there dad you know like oh okay okay no 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 you're on the phone no 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 you're emailing somebody or something so I learned a lesson from them you gotta line it up friends their, their life is full of a lot of busy work, but when it's time to keep an appointment, we have to cultivate being all there, all present and accounted for. Your spirit, your soul, and your body there. It's almost like you have to take role. And you're, somebody's looking at me like a cow at a new gate. We're so used to not being there. We're so used to coming, showing up to the job. Oh, I hate this job. Uh, you know, we're, Or we're so used to showing up for church three hours late. Uh, actually, we're, 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 many of us are used to showing up to everything late. I thought it was just the Puerto Ricans, but that's not true. It's... Uh, that is a result listen when you're going to present yourself to someone or something it takes preparation yes, it does. we've gotten used to just running from one thing to the next and hence, so we're showing up unprepared part of us is there and part of us isn't you know our soul isn't there or our heart isn't there or our body's late or something but God is saying to us hey if you want my presence in my life, at least do me this, this uh, uh, courtesy. Thank you. Do each other this courtesy. Be all there. Prepare ahead of time so that when you arrive, it isn't just like you, you got there barely on time. And you get there and your heart's going boom, 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 boom. And you're all distracted because you just got in a fight with your wife. That wasn't me, by the way. You just got a fight in your wife or the kids or something because they made you late again or whatever. Friends, that's not a way. You may be here bodily but your spirit is someplace else. All right. So, what's the second one? Be all there. Isaiah twenty-nine, thirteen says, And the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and, and minds from me. So they only brought, really, they only brought one of the three. That's not good enough. Everybody say that's not good enough. If you want the manifest presence of God, or how about this, if you want a happy marriage, if you want a happy relationship with your kids, one of the three doesn't work. You've got to be all there. So notice he said, you honor me, you showed up with your body and your body was going blah, 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 blah. That's what your body was doing. But you know, good and well, your heart wasn't there. Now, I'm not judging anybody. I hope nobody's going to throw stones at Pastor Tom here. But only you know what it takes for you to be ready when you go to present yourself to your appointments before God so you could be all there. If it's prayer meeting at your home, if it's, if it's just a time with God in your little room, do you want the presence of God? Then be all there. That's all I'm saying. But here's the thing. If you want quality relationships, you be all there for each other. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the other one. Delight in the people God has put in your life. Delight. Three things. The first one was make an appointment. The second one was be all there. The third one was delight. Delight. Now, this is kind of a fun little thing to wake you up a little bit. I was really trying to come up with a really good title. I wanted to come up with the ABCs of the presence of God, but that wouldn't work because it's really the ABDs of the presence of God. So for those of you that have ADD, you can remember it this way, the ABDs of the presence of God. (laughs) Delight. You know, very few people know how to delight in anything. We, We go around... What, figuring it out or saying, yeah, I gotta do this. So, when's your shift? Oh, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. You wake up, oh, it's morning again. Good morning, eh, yeah, whatever, you know. And we're not really delighting in the day. We're not delighting in our kids. We're not delighting in our church. We're not delighting in ourselves. Much less delighting in God. But there, you've gotta find a way to delight yourself. What is delight? To feel, to take joy or pleasure. Exalt joy, rejoice, to take, Uh, To like, oh, that's interesting, or to enjoy enthusiastically. I shared this in the first service. I had to make a real heart change because I have a relationship with my dog. I really uh, tried to find another home for our wonderful little Minpin that I kind of have a real, it's a real faith project to love him. (laughs) I tried to find another home for him. Anybody want a Minpin? He's a real perky dog. God spoke to me one day. He said, you know what the problem is? You. It's not the dog. I mean, there's all... Just about every bit of his behavior bothers me. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. I mean, everything about that dog is a pain and a trial. Just like some people in your life. So I had to learn how to delight myself in Him and show a little joy. And so I had to do all these things, go out of my way to obey God. And my little dog's name is Dollar. You know, like... You know, when he jumps up on the bed and pounces on me like I don't like. Instead of going, oh, oh," instead of doing that, I have to say, oh, hi, dollar, come here. You know, like, oh, (laughs) oh, boy, it's going to be a long day. (laughs) Here, tug on this toy. I never do that to him when he's sleeping. I mean, he's got these real pointy little feet. He jumps on you. Oh, oh, boing, boing. He's like, dude, get off of me. Oh, I feel like taking him and throwing him against the wall. Dude, really? Are you serious? Get off of me. <laughs> yeah, real perky. Anybody want a minpin? pin? <laughs> I started learning how to delight in him. Catch this because there's very deep. <laughs> Deeper than... <laughs> We're going so <somewhere> worried with this. <laughs> I changed my attitude. When I would come home, oh dollar. Oh boy. Oh dollar <laughs> Yes, it's okay. <laughs> he's he needs counseling, but <laughs> all there. All there. it's all but he's all there. yeah, he's all there. I just kinda be all there myself. So I made myself says, yes, come, come on, I'm home, yes, here we go, come here. Yes, it's okay, oh, I love you. Uh, you want a treat? Oh, that's really always goes over big. That's all he's about is food. You've heard about how he snuck up and stole my hamburgers from In-N-Out Burger, and you heard the story about how he s- jumped up on the counter and stole my peanut butter and jelly sandwich when it was sitting there. And I was like, "What? Unbelievable! I don't even have the plastic bags. I got to go outside to the pantry. I can't. B- I'm so late. I got a meeting. So while I was out getting a bag outside in the pantry, Dollar's busy getting on the counter, pulling down my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then PK. My wife was so loving. She says, "You know, Tom's having a real hard morning, and if this, if this happens, I got to think fast. He just can't handle another disappointment." She grabbed the peanut butter jelly, smoothed it over, slapped it on. I'm in a hurry, man I got that plastic bag I I stuck that sandwich in I'm out of here here. Bye, honey Have a good day I'm so glad that God gave me an honest spouse And face to face later that night She said, honey, there's something I got to tell you Extra flavoring you know that sandwich? Yeah, it had MSG, didn't it? No. Actually. <laughs> Back to huh? Back to, dollar. Back to dollar. Yeah, he ate it. Back whatever. And I ate it. So, whatever. Man, that dog But you have to learn how to delight yourself. And here's the, here's the take home. Some people in your life they're real dogs. <laughs> <laughs> There may not be anything in your life that you can possibly find uh, that they bother you on every level. Uh, and that, that's not true. Dollar only bother. He doesn't bother me in one level when he's asleep. Uh, that's when he doesn't bother me, okay? He's in Sterling's room away from me. But you know, you have to learn how to delight yourself in people. And it's interesting. As I, as I began to do that, husbands, wives catch this. The Lord started giving me ideas... I really don't like when he's pouncing on me those pointy feet. So I said, why don't you train him not to do that? The problem is you. Just go like this, and I say, don't jump on people. (laughs) Yeah, the dog whisperer. (laughs) 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 So I spend the next several months going, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I said, (laughs) (laughs) But think about this. You delight yourself in that child. You delight yourself in that coworker. You delight yourself in that boss. Delight yourself in your wife, your children, your church. Hello. Amen. The people thing. Do you think... I wonder if training ourselves differently to fight the current, to learn how to enjoy people and make a big deal about their presence, I wonder if training yourself that way would affect the way that you interact with God. I just wonder. Now, I have a friend in the ministry here that I'm going to use right now this guy knows how to celebrate you know one of the big things about uh, celebrating delighting yourself in someone here's a little key for you make a big deal about the hellos and the goodbyes yeah. uh, this friend that in the ministry and yeah I'm talking about Chris so he can hear the message later I don't know of anyone that celebrates your arrival more than this guy I mean, he's all over, and everybody in the bandstand knows it. The guy—he's going to be all over all of us. Oh, it's like the greatest thing that ever happened, just because you showed up. You know, he celebrates life. He celebrates face to face. It's so good to see you. I finally had to down Chris down that cologne. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're saying goodbye. Man, you are the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the man. You're the man. Celebrating. Celebrating. I wonder if we changed our attitude a little bit and we celebrated one another. Well, we Instead of when the person comes in the room, because remember, we're fighting the slide of the world of, of anti-personal. Hmm? And when someone comes into your presence, or how about this, into your space or how about this your personal space how about you celebrate them how about you look at them we've got a generation of people don't know how to look each other in the eye how about you look at one another in the eye so good to see you talk to me give me a give me a hug hallelujah you know what i'm talking about that adjustment right there and when you say goodbye God bless you, you know, or have a great day. The goodbyes and the hellos are so important. Husbands and wives and families are so important. The last thing you said before you walked out the door is going to stay with your spouse all day long. That's true. And you could set the tone of an interaction just by the greeting. Learn how to celebrate it. Hallelujah. Just just a word to the wise. Learn how to celebrate one another. When you actually see, back in the day, grandma, great grandma, and great grandpa, and great great grandpa, and great great grandma, they knew what was going on. They didn't have virtual, none of this nonsense. If you wanted to go visit somebody, you had to go. And they knew how to go and stay a long time. Hello. And bring some food. And spend all day face to face enjoying one another. Is that right? Talking about things. And if you had a, a spiritual heritage, it wasn't long before granny's praying with you. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you enjoy talking about the things of God, but you also enjoy talking about the things about the kids and what's going on. And then you're, you're, you're helping each other in that way. You're encouraging one another. huh? See, that's really hard to do with texting one another. All this. Oh, yeah. There's something to be said for face to face. You know, it, it was really it was really something... Uh, I, I, I became, I'm becoming more and more keen to this. Whenever someone comes within your space, there's something there. There's a, like a vibe going on. <laughs> I'm not trying to get science fiction on you guys. <laughs> or am I? No, but actually there is a... Pre- it's your spirit has a presence, it makes an impression. joy comes in the room when you walk in the, and imagine this: you know a lot of times people reaching out for help they want to talk they want to talk or be in the presence of someone or be with someone that has been with God yeah. Yeah, that's right. and you could tell when people have been with God you know I guarantee you I guarantee you. Pastor Mark and Brenda and the people that minister and the teachers that are ministering to your kids, I guarantee you, they're not off playing video games and goofing off and eating, you know, fooling around right before they're going to minister. They're waiting on Him. They're cultivating the manifest presence of God so that then they could have something of His presence to give to you. I know it. Praise the Lord. Okay, so what do you say we take a few more moments? How many of you give me a couple more minutes? Hallelujah. Let's bring this back to to the spiritual side of things. In review, make appointments with God. I don't know what your appointment may look like. For you, it may be the drive to work. Communing with Him. It could be before work, like early in the morning, when you go, you know, Jesus, and every major person in the Bible, and every major person alive today that has done great things for God without exception, made an appointment with God. Without exception, Jesus rose a great while before day. What was He doing? He was communing with His Father face to face. And He was all present. And you know what? What I found very interesting about this is you begin to do that on a regular basis. You have more of a continual flow of His presence manifesting in your life. Because life is a fight sometimes, isn't it? And you need to bring the ark of His presence with you. And yes, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, most of you. Yes, you pray in tongues. Yes, you have the Bible that you uh, ascribe to and you, you wait on His word. But I have a question for you. What about cultivating His presence and carrying that with you as well? If it was important for Moses, and I know it's a mandate on this church, Pastor Mark, year after year has said, we are a presence-based Church. What does that mean? That if if the presence of God or if we're not feeling the leading of Him taking us there, we're not going. Don't sign that contract without the presence of God on you. Don't marry that person unless the presence of God is on it. Does that help anybody today? We were meant to walk with God. Amen. So it was make your appointments. It was be all there. And I don't know what, like I I just left off. I remember you determine what your appointments are. But the the idea here is make appointments. It's different. You're living far under what God wants for you if you have not had the manifest presence of God that you have invited Him or He'll invite you to go to a certain place. That was another part of this. But, you know, many times the Lord would choose His presence would be at a certain place. He told Abraham, go up to Mount Moriah. That was a place. A place. Sometimes you have to be at a certain place in order to connect with God. But really, you obey Him. Follow your appointments. Follow your dates with God. Hallelujah. Secondly, uh, was be all there. And the third thing was delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of... Say it again. Delight yourself, everybody. Delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Real quick, last scripture is 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. Oh, they are not going to put it up there, so I'll go ahead and read it. This is in the New King James Version. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. I want you to see this. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation in the day of visitation many times there are appointments in God they're called moeds in the Jewish tradition where God sets the appointment but you know you can gender when you come into this house this is an appointment with God can I ask you a favor be all there for your sake be all there when we're all there, spirit, soul, and body, prepared to meet with Him, God meets with us. And we have, we have a moment of the manifestation of God. That's where we want to be. And this is a day of visitation. God, is vi- God wants to visit you. Friends, close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the visitations of God in our church and in the earth today. I pray for every friend. May they know with a certainty that if they seek you like you said, they would find you. That they would find you if they would seek you with all of their heart. That if they would commit themselves like Daniel did, like David did, and say, my heart pants after you, that they would be satisfied, that you would not leave us hanging. You never stiff a hungry heart that's seeking for you with all of their heart. We pray, Father, for each friend today in the name of Jesus that they would cultivate your presence and understand that although you're everywhere all the time, there is still an element that they need to cultivate and that is to reach out to you and that you will be there, that you'll make your abode in your dwelling place and that will make all the difference in the world for them. I pray, Father, for those that have not received you into their life right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch their hearts. Help us, Lord, as we invite them to become a family, a member of the family of God. May they receive you now in Jesus' name.